Welcome to Appointed. Thank you very much. I'm so pleased today to be joined by the Member of Parliament from Hull Aylmer, um, who has been an advocate for social housing and seniors for many years before he joined the uh, House of Commons in 2015. And uh, you're also, I didn't realize this, Greg, until I was reading some, some of your bio info, you graduated from the same program my daughter's in right now at Carleton, the International uh, Relations. Hey. Oh, that's so that's great. fantastic. And you've been an incredible mentor to so many young people, including Fergine, who is my co-host, but is in class right now, so wasn't able to join us and and uh, have been a ter- terrific mentor and inspiration for so many of the um, amazing young people who come through. And uh, I was really pleased to hear your statement for the 25th anniversary of Black History Month. And I thank you for joining me and, and, and for all the work you do with the, uh, throughout um, your constituency, for the country, as Parliamentary Secretary, and of course, as uh, one of the leadership in the Parliamentary Black Caucus. So thank you very much for joining me, and I look forward to hearing what your wish list is going forward, whether it's just for 2021 or you know, longer than that. Well, it's a, it's a real uh, honor to be with you, Kim, and given all the work that you've done on 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 issues related to incarceration in this country, um, it's just to me it's, a, it's a, just great to be here and to join you on this and to have a couple of things to say. And if if, if I had a wish list for for 2021, I think it would be related to that. I, you know, in part, I think it's it, it's somewhat come true. Um, in terms of the announcement that last week that the government made in regards to changes to uh, or, or getting rid of a number of mandatory minimum sentencing sentences. To me, that was um, that's such an important file because let's face it, it just hasn't worked. And all it has done is just thrown uh, indigenous and black people into jail. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, some people I've heard many argue that well this gets you know dangerous people off the streets especially who deal with gun crimes but I keep on saying but what does it put onto the streets afterwards mm-hmm. it puts uh, uh, you know hardened or not even hardened criminals I shouldn't say that but I should say that what it does put onto the streets are um, people who just have lost their enthusiasm mm-hmm. um, Yes, they might not be a threat to society, but they're not going to be a dynamic engine for societal change either. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've we've created some people who just feel uh, that they can be ignored, and mm-hmm. that's that's just a terrible way to to have a society. And it, we were just doing it over and over and over again to particular communities. It just didn't make any sense to me, mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't working. I mean, that's the fundamental story it wasn't working so i think by getting rid of uh mandatory minimum sentencing by getting rid of the straight jackets that had been put on conditional sentencing by funding the opportunities to give off ramps uh, to kids who find themselves into trouble uh, and also to find better ways for those who truly are a danger to society that end up being imprisoned that they have a better off ramp after they get out 
because we do know that our our, our system isn't doing the job that it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after a generation of failure, uh, I'm glad to see that we're taking some important steps, not as perfectly as I would like it to be, but nonetheless, I, I can express appreciation for the steps that were taken. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I agree with all of uh, what you've said, although I, I uh, would like to see the Bill C-22 go a few steps further. And of course, I plan to keep pushing for that. And I think that's part of what my responsibility is coming from. Exactly this right. Yeah. So uh, so thank you for your initiative and your work on this. And I can guarantee that I'll continue pushing there. How about any other uh, any other wish lists? Well, it would be far away from this issue, but it's more on the environment, um, mm-hmm. if, if I may. Absolutely. Uh, my, my wish list would be for us to be able to take the next step in my particular area. I, I'm in, I, my riding is in western Quebec, so if people know where Parliament Hill is, just throw a rock across the Ottawa River, and that's my riding. And for the last number of years, uh, the federal government and provincial governments in the city of Ottawa have invested in, in light rail uh, on the Ottawa side that has no connection to my side of the river. We're mm. about one quarter of the population of the national capital region. And I would love us to play our role in reducing greenhouse gases as well. Uh, so I've been a big proponent over the last five years, uh, and frankly, uh, the initiator of the idea. Um, and was able to build a coalition, including the city and, and now the province, uh, to put together a, a very detailed plan on, on building light rail uh, tramway, effectively, uh, on the Gatineau side of the river that would connect into downtown Ottawa. And I would that would be certainly on my wish list uh, to see that rail project get the green light from the federal government, especially now that we have uh, announced uh, big funding uh, to fund such innovative projects like this one. That's fantastic. And yeah, I, I think you probably know the UN Sustainable Development Goals are right up there for for me in terms of helping guide the work that we do out of our office. And so that uh, sounds like a great initiative. And, and what a wonderful way to also link um, folks who want to go back and forth and who don't want to purchase cars because they do want to be able to do, you know, well, enjoy the Gatineau and enjoy the, the other side of the river more freely. Kim, if I, if, I, if I may say, you and I are probably of the same age. And when you and I turned uh, 18 or 16, the day that we had our birthday, we went out and got our licenses. Mm-hmm. But uh, I look at my kids and I look at their generation and the numbers have shown it. Only 70% of the kids do that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't see a future uh, with automobiles. They see a future with active or collective transit. Mm-hmm. And th- to me, it's just a matter of you know, getting with the generations. Um, people see the connection between uh, cars and greenhouse gases and they want to be, they don't want to be a part of that. They want to be part of the solution. And so I think by investing in in building rail, we're doing our level best to not only meet where people are at or where they're going to be, um, but we're also doing the right thing by the planet. And it's also great uh, social leveler as well. Um, pub, you know, really innovative public transit like like tramways um, allows people of all economic levels to 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 partake in 
you know the infrastructure that that governments can offer so mm-hmm. to me that's a that's a that's a big deal it helps the single mom uh, who has to get to work reliably at a certain hour mm-hmm. uh, it helps uh, the new Canadian who has come here and doesn't have the resources to afford a car but yet still needs to get to work um, and it, it allows young people to get back and forth to their different activities that they have. And, and a, again, a safe and reliable way that's environmentally uh, responsible. I think it's fantastic. And you're very kind. I'm, uh, I think I'm quite a bit older than you, but I do. My kids are younger because I was a geriatric mother. And so, <laughs> so, but my son similarly is 30 and he doesn't drive and he lives in your, he's, you're his MP actually. And okay. so. Yeah, he's, uh, I, those are, he would very much welcome you um, finishing off that part of your, your initiative. And so I think that's fantastic. Any other um, wish lists that you have? Well, those are, those are pretty big wish lists. I mean, I, I think in, in the end is my, my last one would just be a little bit more philosophical. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into politics because I was concerned that we are heading into uh, an era of climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And what often happens when we get into a crisis is that um, it's very tempting to listen to the person who's going to promise us to be safe. If only it was just us, they will argue. Um, and that definition of us always concerns me because quite often I haven't been part of that definition. Um, and I think it's really keen that we try to find a way for us to just get along mm-hmm. uh, as as human beings to understand that we that we're all one family uh, so i think before this crisis hits we really have to make sure that we do our level best to to, to find the tightest binds that that make us hang out together as a as, as, as a as a society, as Canadians, and to get along because we are going to feel pressure. There is going to be that centrifugal force which is going to try to push us off in all directions in the future. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to fight climate change, we can't do it as an individual. We have to do it together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's all get along. I just see that we have a couple of years, maybe a couple of decades to, to figure this out. No, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I and it's almost trite now. You know, during this pandemic, the health pandemic, the uh, racism pandemic, the economic pandemic that we're facing, uh, is is unfolding at the same time as the climate and environmental pandemic has been rolling out. And so, I think it's vitally important that we tie these together in a way that really does talk about how do we work. How do we individually take responsibility for uh, addressing all of these issues, but how do we work collectively for the sake of not just our country, but the the planet and and moving forward? So I appreciate that. And and I especially tell me if I'm wrong, Kim, but to me, it seems that they all call for the same solution. You know, when we talk about the pandemic, I've I've heard so many people say, oh, you know, we're we're not first or we're not the first. To me, the whole idea of the the pandemic, the only way to, to to fight the pandemic, it's not about being the first. It's not about the first person being vaccinated. It's about the last person being vaccinated, mm-hmm. uh, which means that we all have to act together. And 
it's the same thing for the racism pandemic. We all have to act together. It's not just something for, for Blacks or Indigenous people to deal with. We all have to be part of the solution. If we're going to fight sexism, it's the exact same thing. Men have to step up and be part of the solution. Um, so, uh, it, it's, and, and in the environment, it's clear that that's mm -hmm. the case. So all of these things require, I, I hope that the big message that we get out of this pandemic is that we, we all have to work together. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a fantastic way for us to conclude, unless you have anything else you would like to add. No, those are pretty, you know, th just those three, three minor things to get done. <laughs> what are you well, doing next week? Can we, can we solve it next week? Wanna... Yeah, I'm with you. And I think it's a, a wonderful um, way to both have this discussion, but also to acknowledge the contributions of Indigenous and uh, Canadians of African descent as well, Indigenous peoples to this country and to commit to the continued struggle for liberation, reparations, freedom, justice, and a world in which we can all live and thrive. So thank you very much for joining us and um, happy Black History, Afri African Heritage Month. I know people uh, like to refer to it in both ways and I respect and acknowledge and thank you for your inspirational work. Thanks for inviting me, Kim. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you.